What's up? Welcome back to Guitar Blah Blah, the daily podcast for people that just can't shut up about guitar. Now, I did mention in recent episodes that I wasn't going to dive into all of the flood of gear releases that are coming out from NAM because, you know, you get that everywhere. You're bombarded with that info everywhere. I would just pick up on things that I think have something more interesting to talk about The you know, have more of a story or more going on there that's worth knowing about as guitar geeks and guitar nerds than just simply the announcement that the thing is out the thing is here it's there there's gear being announced what a surprise um obviously there's tons of cool interesting stuff there uh the reason i'm just not diving into it is because that's everywhere at the moment um and that's not really bringing you guys anything new or anything you're not seeing elsewhere but diving into some kind of more of the background behind something or picking the odd thing out and talking about why that's actually more significant or worth looking at more i think is worthwhile so i've been doing that a couple of times in recent episodes and there's something else that's come out that i want to focus on in a different way than just talking about the product itself so i saw that the high vibe system for acoustic guitars that was previously just in certain lag models of acoustic guitars has now been released by high vibe as a system you can just buy uh, to install into your acoustic guitar and they are also apparently going to be teaming up with some shops uh, to basically do it so if you don't like the idea of installing this yourself either on your precious acoustic or you don't really enjoy spending your time doing modding and that or worried you damage your your nice acoustic guitar or you just would rather not be doing that um they are teaming up with shops apparently to offer this kind of uh deal where you buy the high vibe system and you get installation with the shop um i guess they'll be teaming up with shops that they know have trusted repair people and can do installations all that stuff um so I promise if you don't know what the high vibe system is or you're vaguely aware and you want to understand a bit more about it, I will talk about that. I will get to that and I will talk in this episode. Towards the end, I will be talking about what the high vibe system is. I know that sounds weird to mention it and then not go into what it is or why I think it's interesting, but the reason that I think it's interesting is because I think it's part of this bigger story and this bigger development that we're currently kind of in the middle of that's been going on for quite a long time and i think it's part of a bigger story and solving solving a problem actually that uh has been part of the innovation of several different technologies to do with acoustic guitars for probably a couple of decades at this point actually um so what I want to do is I want to set that up and I want to circle back to that at the end because that's the newest iteration of something. It's another different iteration. It's another step in this story that's going on. But I'd rather set it in that context because that's what I think is interesting. There are plenty of interesting things about the high vibe system itself I could I can talk to at the end and it's a cool thing in itself that I think is worth knowing is out there. It might really be what some of you guys are looking for even. But I think the most interesting thing to pull out of it is to put it into this story, into this idea, and really into this solving of a problem. I think it's part of a long line of people trying to solve a problem in different ways for different musicians, but the problem has always been the same. What's this problem? The problem is it's the problem of electroacoustic guitars it's the problem of acoustic guitar pickup systems meaning meaning they don't sound good enough the problem of electroacoustic guitar has always been that 
the aim is in a way less complicated than electric guitar, amplified electric guitar. Obviously, you amplify it, that's the point of it. It's less complicated than that has become, but it's actually harder. The reason behind that is I talked recently, for an example, about the Gibson ES300 and its original version when it came out and its development throughout the 40s and how its original version had this crazy pickup. The original version of that pickup had been on a kind of modified experimental guitar that had been given to and developed by, no, not developed by, but developed by this people at Gibson, but then given to and kind of experimented with by Les Paul. Um, what was the point of that big pickup that was on the ES300 that you can hear all about in my recent episode all about the ES300 and the ES300's pickup? Big crazy looking diagonal pickup that basically went all the way from the bridge up to the where the neck met the body. Crazy looking pickup. Why were they obviously doing, they were doing lots of experimentation at that time, but why did they do that experimentation? Well, the purpose of it was that basically a lot of guitarists were, her, it were at that time transitioning from acoustic guitar or um, hollow body guitars, not amplified, basically, non-amplified guitar, to amplifying their guitar. This was the development of the electric guitar, of course, the early development was with the changing in music and various changes in music, more volume being required because of where music was played and how it was played, but also the type of music that was being played in these band scenarios um, and their guitar developing in music to be also a lead melodic line um, instrument and the use of it as that rather than just a, a background instrument, essentially. Um, an instrument that sat back and held down other parts of the song it became a lead even of course a, a solo instrument then or the most prominent instrument in certain parts of mixes of songs but in the early days also just becoming something that could be used for more prominent melodic lines the volume there was needed that changed many things tonally but that was part of the story of overall guitarists needing to amplify and so you got that development um before the es300 of course what happened, though, was that a lot of guitarists were constantly tinkering and constantly having problems like we're still doing today. But around that time, a lot of it was to do with the fact that what guitarists wanted was they basically wanted the exact sound that they had, kind of the purest clean sound, not the sound clean sound as we have today with all the elements of character and all the kind of things that are mixed and caught up with the the phrase even to say clean sound there's all these characterful elements of what fender amps have brought what maybe vox have brought there's all these ideas of chiminess there's all these understandings of the characterfulness and the flavorfulness that our favorite clean amplifiers have brought that clean sound on electric guitar today means something actually very far from just a pure sound but that's what a lot of guitarists in those days wanted they wanted something that was as close as possible to just the pure sound of my guitar i've got this guitar i like it but now i need to be louder and they essentially wanted the purest of pure clean sounds they wanted their guitars to just sound exactly as they were used to but louder and louder and louder they didn't want it to be changed a bunch and they felt that the pickups you know basically had <laughs> had a bunch of character in them and had a bunch of flavor in them that they changed the guitar's sound in certain ways that it was not just louder when they were plugging through their amplifiers but different and they didn't want that they wanted a pure sound and that was really what a lot of experimentation about guitar at the time was 
doing in the 40s and throughout the 40s 30s and 40s and that was um really behind the design of the crazy es300 pickup was to try and give something that was as close as possible to just exactly that sound of the guitar but then when we plug it into an amp it just gets louder now the interesting thing about that is that was a really hard problem to solve and arguably no one really managed to do it but what happened was the weird accidents of the electric guitar were such that we began to like those characters in fact we preferred the those characterful touches those bits of flavor more than just something that was a clinical amplification of the exact sound it turns out that in preferring distortion and preferring things like a bit of hair coming onto the sound and preferring certain elements of compression both on clean sounds and distorted sounds and preferring you know something that sounded like a speaker cone had been stabbed up if you want to go to the kinks and go through the whole story of the beginnings of distortion and uh, distortion becoming a preferred or gain or overdriven sounds all of this where does this come from and this becoming a preferred desired sound in guitar music in popular music all these many accidents that basically then led to us in both clean and broken up and overdriven and distorted and high gain sounds all of it um all of these things that led to us enjoying characterful flavor guitars and not wanting our electric guitars to just be louder but actually to have character to have arguably multiple different levels of character all of that arguably saved a massive headache for the innovators of the day because trying to just get exactly the sound of the guitar in the studio or playing live or in the room but just louder and louder and louder was actually extremely difficult. The process that you put the guitar through to amplify its sound, the elements such as pickups, such as the amplifier itself, always added character, always changed the sound. And it was actually going to be extremely difficult to try and get the guitar just to sound how it did in the room out there. There's still a version of this... Uh, if you think about recording guitar, one of the big frustrations about recording guitar when you first start doing it is you have your guitar, you have your amp, and you have a sound that you love. Um, and then you try to just put that on a computer or, you know, going back on tape or on whatever device you want to record. And once it's gone through the microphone or once it's gone through a direct signal and once it's sitting there in a mix, it just doesn't it doesn't sound exactly as good and you watch for example a live studio a live session like an audio tree live session or something and you see the number of mics that you have around stuff and you see all of this and you see that even without the complexities of production and studio layering in a uh in the kind of environment of recording an album just to capture the sound of a band in a way that's really nice it takes a lot and it's taken us a long time to learn how to do that um in better and better and better ways and you know obviously you can go back and get really good recordings of bands playing live um but to get that exact sound that you feel like is coming out of your amp when you just you know it's hitting your ear and you go that's my sound uh you know it's not just as simple as sticking a mic somewhere and that's the exact sound that's captured for example on the computer one of the biggest frustrations is learning how to get a good sound not just on your amp, but get it on the recording. And obviously then, yeah, that can get into layering and that can get to all this and that. But even just you're recording a solo guitar track, you just stick a, you know, a 57 somewhere and and yeah, it doesn't sound anywhere near as good. It misses a bunch of the character that you have in the room. And that's why, again, recording guitar in recording studios, you see 
7,000 microphones set up everywhere, mic on the ceiling, three mics outside, a mic attached to a crow that's flying around next door. Like, it's insane, you know, it's ridiculous. Um, all the experimentation, you look at, you know, how they get those massive, nice guitar sounds on a Queens of the Stone Age record, and there's mics all over the place. It's ridiculous. They're just, they're just putting mics everywhere. Just fill the whole room up with mics. If you can still walk around, then there's not enough mics on the floor. Just put them everywhere. Um... You know, that's how it sounds so good. Because <laughs> there's mics everywhere. It's as simple as that. You just need to buy more equipment. Remember that. If, if it doesn't sound good. But, you know, mic placement, dialing in a sound for a studio or a recording session versus dialing it in the bedroom, etc., etc., etc. All of these complicated things. But at the heart of it is capturing a sound in the room so that it sounds like that when it's on your computer, either through monitors or headphones. Very difficult. Um, compared to how easy you would think it would be. So we do have a slight version of it, but at least we enjoy the sound being filled with character and changed by the way microphones sound and changed by the way the amp sound and all this. That headache, though, never really went away for the acoustic guitar and for amplifying the acoustic guitar. Luckily, uh, there was a similar kind of development in that the sounds of certain microphones became beloved when recording the acoustic guitar and certain microphones were amazing at capturing the warmth and the richness of tone of a really good acoustic guitar and you know as that developed there came the specifics of certain microphones with certain acoustics or certain types of microphones with certain specs or certain types or certain flavors of acoustic guitars were often a good pairing and that's the kind of amazing knowledge base of people who have a lot of experience of recording acoustic guitar they they understand they can listen to an acoustic guitar and understand how to mic it up to for it to sound good but also understand what mics work specifically well with that guitar if that's got certain tone woods and certain construction and size and has a certain strong characteristic to the tone they understand what microphones can work well with that and there's certain there's a certain array actually of often often let's be honest often quite expensive classic uh fairly often vintage as well uh microphones um and you know obviously other elements of the recording setup as well that are really classic for capturing amazing acoustic guitar sound the great thing about that is if you were a touring musician or you uh, you know have a whole uh kind of team of roadies and all of that stuff if you're going gigging and you want to have a nice acoustic sound um there could be a good a good setup of uh, microphones maybe you don't want to take the kind of vintage ones on tour and there that was a, a kind of part of development was finding replacements for yeah i recorded with all these lovely mics in the studio i don't necessarily want to take them on tour but if you were an artist and you were going out there and touring and you're a professional artist um, generally you could get a good setup if you were okay miking up with that idea you're going to sit and mic up an acoustic guitar you can get a good live sound um there are still difficulties within that within that but it's possible but obviously the development of um pickup systems whether it's piezo whether it's uh, other kinds of pickup systems um with acoustic guitars all of the work of fishman and these other companies uh lr bags all of these guys with acoustic preamp pedals with all of this stuff the reason this development of these other systems has occurred is not just for satisfying some kind of gear lust but because having a microphone set up for your acoustic guitar did 
did essentially have a bunch of problems in a live format and was not necessarily as reliable to get the sounds that you wanted without certain other uh, drawbacks compared to in the studio. In a studio, no problem setting up three microphones in different places around your acoustic guitar, getting the room noise sounding nice because it's an acoustically treated studio. Perfect. We have a solution for capturing nice acoustics in the studio. Live, not that easy, not available to every player, had a bunch of problems and drawbacks with it, not always the best in terms of what you can actually manage physically on the space on a stage and could be liable to cause certain problems and not be as versatile to work in every setup and just not accessible for a lot of musicians, including at the, at the professional level even. So you've got the electroacoustic guitar, you've got pickup systems in acoustic guitars being developed and you got all of this the problem is it just does not ever seem to capture the sound of your nice acoustic guitar very well um when i talk to most people about electroacoustic guitars most people say they always always prefer to mic up their acoustic to record uh when they're playing live if it's an option um for pure tone maybe uh for the practical reasons even though they prefer the tone they they play a ton plugged in using the pickup system on their acoustic guitar because yeah there are lots of good ones that sound good and they offer lots of practical benefits on top of you know trying to mic everything and get into all that um but basically anyone i talk to if you say you know what do you prefer the sound of when you're sitting there playing is it your guitar uh coming out your electroacoustic cable into an amp or through di or whatever it is or do you prefer just you're strumming it what you hear out of the out of the guitar itself Anyone that I know says they prefer the sound of the guitar itself. Um, and not just for them and for their guitar, but generally. They've never heard, you know, a, a, a pickup system from an acoustic guitar that really sounds as amazing as the guitar itself. There are good ones. There's better and worse. There are some really good ones. There's been a huge development in the tech behind that. But it's still a problem. The problem has not been solved. Obviously, the tone chasing gear loss problems are never solved this stuff's infinite that's why you can do a daily podcast about it but <laughs> you know but this in particular is something that a lot of people feel is lacking and feel has just been you have one of those times where you have to choose between the practical and the thing that actually sounds good um or the thing that actually sounds as good as you want it to uh that goes for piezo stuff um you know when you've got like a uh bridge pickup system the ghost saddles whatever it is on an electric guitar it's just I need to access that sound functionally as a tool. That's what provides me with the ability to do what I need to do, a piezo or an electroacoustic pickup and preamp system. So that's what I use. Do I like how it sounds? Not nearly as much as, as, as you know, putting a mic there or, 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 you know, a proper acoustic. I don't like how it sounds compared to that. But as a tool, this is how to do it. If I'm playing a set where I'm all electric and then there's, just a one time that I need an acoustic sound. We're not going to bring out a two or three mics set up in a chair and then my acoustic can do this. You're touring the world doing stadium tours. You'll see you'll see artists do that for the one acoustic song. They have this whole other setup come on. You know, they've got 112 roadies back there that are all expendable. They can, <laughs> they can send them out. It's fine. Just keep sending them out. All of them have have one piece of gear they're responsible over we just need we can have one human per mic stand and one per mic and it's fine we can pay for it it's fine there's fifty thousand people here watching this band it's it's totally fine but for all the rest of us um who are our own roadies um you know not possible so that's why these things were created and functionally they work and you know 
as they developed, they went beyond just functional. That's too harsh. They sounded better and better and better and better. But it got to a point where these things were just not necessarily sounding better and better. And this was something in my perception was that as you got more expensive, more expensive, as you got better and better and better through the years and also going up at the price point at any point in time, things had got better. Those acoustic systems, those preamp systems, they sounded better. Now, the better systems also tended to be in the better guitars, the more expensive, well, better, you know, better is a tough word, actually. I wouldn't say better, but um, the more expensive systems that generally were better tended to be in the more expensive guitars, and those more expensive guitars had, you know, um, a very nice selection of high-quality tone woods, maybe um, increased time spent on the production of them and the construction and the design companies that had a history of uh, designing guitars and a heritage of that and so were more expensive so maybe also just what it was amplifying um, maybe it was a nicer guitar and that made us feel like or at least contribute to the fact that it sounded nice I don't know I don't know um, but although things did get better over time and up in price point and all this stuff um, there was a point to me where I just felt like none of them were getting any better they sounded different to each other some were a little better than others comparatively, but we were not actually getting better and better. We were not getting closer to solving the problem of the electroacoustic guitars. We still didn't have that sound that we had in the room coming out of the amp. Now, that sounds like a stupid, controversial opinion for me to have. It's actually the opinion that was shared by Larry Fishman of Fishman. Founder, designer, Larry Fishman, just to big myself up, just to just just to suggest that I'm even vaguely as close to having any level of understanding that is even the slightest bit comparable to Larry Fishman. I thought I'd just throw that in there. But <laughs> obviously, I'm an idiot. That's why I do a guitar podcast instead of something useful. Um, if If I was good at things or smart, society will have put me to use by now. But I'm doing this, so... Don't worry, that's the disclaimer in itself. My existence is a, is the disclaimer to not listen to me. And the things I do are enough of a disclaimer. You don't need a separate disclaimer that says, don't listen to this person. He does a daily guitar podcast. That's the disclaimer. Um, <laughs> you could do better with your life. Don't worry, don't listen to him. The reason I bring that up is not to just big up my own ego. That's just a nice side effect the, the reason i bring it up is because that's the next step in this story larry fishman has expressed that he felt that they were tweaking these systems but that it had got into basically kind of wine tasting cork sniffing those were his actual words he said that these systems as we had them just basically tweaking the basic technology or that were used and had been used for a long time to create our elect uh, electroacoustic guitar Preamp systems were not actually really getting closer to solving the problem of getting that beautiful sound of that amazing acoustic guitar when you're in the room, either playing it yourself or you're listening to someone play it. It's that beautiful, rich sound. These systems we had were not getting any better at actually capturing that sound and putting it out through an amp. That guitar problem that electric guitar players, the first electric guitar players, the early players, were having in the 40s. I just want my guitar sound louder. I don't want it to change. I just want it louder. That's what we wanted basically from our acoustic guitars. I have this gorgeous freaking Taylor or Martin. It's got all these beautiful tone woods. It sounds so good. It's rich. There's all these elements and layers to it. 
It just sounds like any other electroacoustic when I put it through a preamp system. So that's not good enough. And Larry Fishman felt that himself. He felt that whilst these systems had developed really well and were doing a good job, they weren't actually getting any better. And when you do that, I guess it's time to change the paradigm. And that's not the kind of smart thing I, I know how to do. I don't even really know what the sentence means. But I guess that's the moment where you go, if this technology is just basically getting into tweaking, yeah, a little more bass here, a little more, how can we improve the highs a little? How can we uh, bring up the lows a little? How can we tweak this, tweak that? How can we balance it a little? What EQ offerings can we can we put in to give more versatility to the player? That's tweaking and corksniffing. That's, you know, the same as building another uh, tube screamer because you kind of want a slightly different tube screamer. It's like you're a pedal builder and you've always felt that there could be something a little better about the tube screamer, so you change it. You're still building a tube screamer. And if you feel like uh, time after time after time the electroacoustic guitar systems are not actually solving the problem really significantly, why would you keep doing it? If you want a completely different distortion sound, why would you just build a tube screamer again? That's just going to give you a different type of tube screamer. Um, it's not going to actually give you a different sound. If you want a completely different sound, you need to change the paradigm. Um, in the case of electroacoustic guitars, that meant a different approach to the technology and basically a different technology. Um, the idea from this, the seed of this idea, was what developed into the Fishman Aura system. Um, and this was something developed with, um, especially with Martin guitars. Now, the Aura system, without going into, you know, all the technicalities of it, because, because you know, you guys might not understand. It's because I don't understand. But without going into all of that, because it's not really relevant, the basic idea is the, the way that people like to phrase it is if you're familiar with the Kemper profiling idea, the Fishman Aura idea was a bit similar, where it would create an audio profile, a, a basically EQ image of what a acoustic sounded like, and then it would use very clever com computing, lots of computing power, heavy technology to produce that sound. So it would have to use all this interesting digital technology to produce that sound and basically take the resonance of your acoustic guitar and apply the EQ image of a beautiful acoustic guitar mic'd with all these wonderful vintage mics that was the way to get it sounding all nice on all those records we hear. That sound that just does not come out of a standard electroacoustic system when you plug it into an amp or a DI out of the front of house. You just don't get that sound of three really nice old microphones perfectly placed around a really nice acoustic guitar. But the idea with the Fishman Aura system was that you would get that if you got the dig basically digital image of the EQ of that in-studio sound, and then you applied that to um, the output signal of your plugged-in acoustic guitar. That's the kind of very rough, very inaccurate, actually, way of describing it. But that's the rough idea. What's interesting is that uh, at Fishman, they had actually developed this before they were able to do it. They, they were able to get the kind of imaging system an idea and have that apply to a... Um, 
I, you know, a guitar sound so that the signal and output would have the characteristics of the EQ imaging. They were able to have this roughly working, but they could only have it working on a computer because the comp- computational power that it required was too great to put in anything small enough to put in a, to put in a guitar. Um, it actually just had to be running on a computer and they were playing around with this and they had it, but there was no way to get it into a guitar. But what did happen then, as we all know, as we watched our, you know, um, our phones and tablets change size and get thinner and thinner and thinner, as we watch our cameras change size and have, you know, and, and realize you've got something in your in your pocket now that's whatever the statistic is, 12 times more powerful than the stuff that took people to the moon in the 60s, um, or whatever people like to say. Basically, in a very short amount of time, computational power um, was able to be, the same computational power was able to be given by something much, much, much smaller because consumer electronics advanced at such a rate that, um, yeah, the devices and the uh, basically hardware needed to uh, give you a certain amount of computational power got smaller and smaller and smaller at such a rapid rate that then they were able to, Fishman, create something small enough to put in a guitar and develop a system small enough to put in an acoustic guitar that could have the computational power to deliver what they wanted the Aura system to do. They worked with a bunch of, like they worked with like kind of these studio gurus, masters of recording acoustic guitar, get those beautiful lush sounds on a record where you go, hey, that does sound as beautiful and as as amazing as my nice acoustic guitar does in the room. They worked with those people. They worked with them to pair certain guitars. They would pair guitars, do all these experiments, pairing guitars with certain different microphones. Then they would get all these images from that and then they would select certain ones that they thought were the best, the the best mics to capture that guitar. And then that would be then the sound that would come out of the guitar. It would have this Fishman Aura profiling EQ imaging computational wizardry applied to it so that that sound would be far closer to the sound of a beautiful acoustic just in the room a beautiful acoustic with the best mics and best miking setup in the world that would be a lot closer to that when it comes out of your acoustic guitar app or through a di or whatever so that was one advancement. Another advancement that we often saw in the technology is something we've touched on before in this podcast when I talked about Godan guitars in my episode that I think is called the most underrated guitar brand in the world, question mark, something like that. Um, I went into quite a lot of detail talking about Godan guitars and I talked about how a lot of what they have done that has been really innovative is in the world of the elect- electronics in their guitars. And of course, with the Godan A6 um, and their other kind of multi-voice, multi-act series of guitars. They have a very unique system for getting their uh, amplified acoustic sounds that tries to do a lot more with acoustic sounds than just give the basic kind of voice out of a guitar that we get from our classic electroacoustic preamp systems. Now, of course, that's in a slightly different world to the Fishman Aura system because if you're going to look at the Godan A6, if you're going to look at the Taylor T5, um, another example would be the Michael Kelly Hybrid Special. Um you're going to be looking at the world of hybrid guitars. That's bridging the gap between um, an acoustic guitar and an electric guitar. The point of that um, really is is slightly to the left of what we're 
going on about with the aura system, but it's still part of this story. Because whilst the problem trying to be solved by hybrid guitars was more about someone who wants both those sounds. I want an electric sound, I want an acoustic sound, but I don't want to switch guitars. For example, I'm playing in a cover band. We play a mix of songs that have acoustic and electric. I'm playing in a band. We have some songs where most most of the time I'm playing electric, but what happens is that we have some verses where on the record we used acoustic a lot for the verses, for these kind of quiet verses. I want to be able to do that live. I can't switch guitars in the middle of a song. Or we play acoustic, but there are these little guitar solos in here. I always want to do that on a clean electric guitar. It's harder to play on the acoustic. I can't reach up on the top frets, but also it doesn't have the right tone. When we record these, that's going to be on an electric. So I kind of need acoustic 80% of the time and electric 20. That's, you know, that's already too much of a split just for me to do it all on one guitar. What do I do? Hybrid guitars are aimed at all those problems. And that's why some of the hybrid guitars, kind of like the Michael Kelly hybrid special or some of the multi-act guitars from Godin are distinctly really clearly more electric guitars that then also have an innovative acoustic system in it um and some of them are more uh focused on being an acoustic guitar like some of the other multi-act guitars uh that then also have an electric guitar pickup so that you have that option so that's Whilst that is a slightly different problem, what a lot of these companies took the opportunity to do whilst developing a new type of guitar based upon that versatility is they didn't just try to tackle that problem because they were reinventing the electronics because they realized a new electronic system would be better fitted to this new type of guitar in the hybrid and go down in particular, were very interested in experimenting with their electronics and pushing the boundaries with that anyway. Whilst you're going to have to basically redesign your electronic system anyway and tailor it towards this type of guitar, why not take the opportunity to tackle that main problem? If we're going to recreate an electroacoustic system for in this guitar, why not try to make it better? Why not try to solve the electroacoustic problem? Being it doesn't sound like it does in the room, it doesn't sound like it does mic'd up. So, You saw a lot of innovation in this from the Godin guitars in particular as well. And the Godin guitars have a system which uh, was aimed at solving that problem and moving beyond just a standard kind of electroacoustic system and doing something which captures more of that feel of the acoustic in the room, those natural acoustic tones, if you like to call it, um, which, like I said, was often only able to be done with really nice mics and a nice mic setup. Very hard to be done with classic electroacoustic systems. So that's another step. The hybrid guitars in kind of redesigning things start to do that as well. A big player in that that you can't skip over mentioning in terms of hybrid guitars that redesigned their system to try and solve the electroacoustic problem was, of course, the Taylor T5 and Taylor T5Z or Z as it then became or whatever. Um, This then... Uh, moved like 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 the Godin guitars tried to move forward in not just having a hybrid guitar but then making sure that the acoustic properties when plugged in actually sounded like an acoustic and weren't just kind of there as a side thing if it's going to be a truly hybrid guitar and this is how the two kind of solving the two problems is together not just 
How can I have a guitar that does both? How can we solve the electroacoustic problem? They're kind of related because if you're going to have a guitar that does both properly, if the acoustic sound is not very inspiring or good, people won't feel like it solves the problem and they won't be attracted to buying a hybrid guitar at all. So how do they make the acoustic sound more convincing? Again, they went towards not just having a standard system, but trying to have a system that has a more natural, as it often gets called, acoustic sound. You know, the Taylor T5s were interesting in a whole bunch of ways, having the kind of visible bridge pickup that looks kind of like a tele pickup, but um, it's actually a humbucker. Um, part of that was to avoid feedback and to avoid other issues. Um, uh, avoiding feedback was Again, like like I say, if you're, if you're reinventing the whole system, why not try to solve all of the problems with it or try to solve a bunch of the most prominent problems? Feedback is another one that comes up in a bunch of these systems as one of their targets for solving problems, making them better. A lot of electroacoustic systems have a problem with feedback and with stage noise, and well, noise when you're, you're on stage and in certain setups in general. Uh, that was also the same with the Fishman Aura pick, uh, pickup system and that whole system. That's why they went with a kind of underbridge they kind of developed from that kind of idea of uh, pickup systems under the bridge uh, tend to be able to avoid sustain the best because of the stability of where that pickup is. And, and that was part of the development of the choices they made in the Aura system. Um, in the T5, in the Taylor T5, you've kind of got that with using a humbucker as well um, that's in that kind of single coil looking style but but making a humbucker was largely to have those extra capabilities for avoiding feedback and avoiding extra unwanted noise and unwanted sound which can be a problem with a you know a guitar body that's uh, either acoustic or designed to be a hybrid so have acoustic properties at least uh you have problems with feedback you can have problems with that on you know your semi-hollow and your hollow body guitars anyway so that was part of it and then it also had another humbucker uh in the neck position that was actually under the top uh, so you actually can't see it when you look at a guitar, look at a Taylor T5. It looks like it has one pickup. The other pickup is actually under the top. They had a five-way switching system. Um, they had the ability to kind of uh, have the uh, electric sounds and the acoustic sounds in there together. Um, you know, because of the humbucker in there as well, it was able to uh, do gain sounds really well. Um, but with this blend of interesting electronics through an interesting electroacoustic system and through using this interesting combination of the two electric guitar pickups, the sounds from the Taylor T5 were definitely um, a next step forward in, or another step forward at least, alongside the Godown A6. Both of these were step forwards in the hybrid guitar space, but also in the amplifying your acoustic guitar space, also in solving the electroacoustic problem one of the things these guitars are praised for is you know uh trying to step forward some people maybe don't feel it's it's successful some people do that's obviously a matter of opinion but these guitars were trying to step forward again in solving that problem how to actually make your electroacoustic when amplified sound like an acoustic, have the richness, the fullness, the character, and not sound like we're used to hearing an electroacoustic sound, which is kind of a bit weak, kind of a bit thin, missing that fullness, and kind of a little bit dead, and misses some of the dynamics and 
the notes feel a bit weak, always having to feel like you have to play harder, especially on individual notes when you've got your electroacoustic plugged in because the notes feel like they have a certain weakness and it doesn't feel like you're allowed to have the dynamics. Um, I think they missed they missed some of the dynamics in the system, classic electroacoustic, but I think that's also exaggerated by the fact that we play with fewer dynamics. We play less dynamically with an electroacoustic because you just strum and pick everything hard because the notes feel weak, they don't feel full, they don't feel like they take up the sonic space so we try to compensate for that by basically hitting them hard and if you don't hit them hard enough they feel like they kind of they do just kind of die sometimes that lack of resonance lack of sustain so that's all solving the problem all of these guitars in their hybrid in their hybrid ways the fishman aura system as well all of these are further and further steps in solving this problem. Of course, experiments and developments with transduce transducer and piezo systems are also part of this throughout the decades as well those have been fitted to of course just straight up electric guitars to give them some element of the hybrid um kind of feel and the development of those has always been as well in that direction of a lot of piezo systems felt it was felt that they felt kind of clinical and kind of sterile and lacked a lot of dynamics as well they were a great useful tool as in they gave you that option and that was just the way to get that option but people were all always feeling like these should be better these the sound of these should be better should try and capture what we love so much about the acoustic um to make them more usable and to make them more attractive to have so there were developments in that world as well throughout throughout time um really we're just hitting the highlights here there are of course more guitars that can be mentioned some hybrid some other developments in terms of uh certain systems but the fishman aura system um the systems implemented with the godan guitars particularly the multi-ag and the a6 and stuff um in other hybrid guitars and particularly in the taylor t5 and t5z t5z whatever guitars those are the highlights of the stepping forward in terms of solving these problems the next one of course comes when i believe what happens is someone who works at taylor a person who works at taylor who was the person who designed the taylor t5 as far as i understand it went and worked with fender and we got the fender acoustasonic of course now we've got the acoustasonic telly and the acoustasonic strat as well this was a development of the idea of a hybrid guitar and it's also a development of the aura system from fishman because it's using that basic system of profiling or imaging the guitar's eq but fender wanted to take it to the next step where they offered more options with it rather than just your sound coming out of your acoustic guitar rather than a classic electroacoustic system is uh, uh one of these enhanced or profiled uh sounds that's coming out rather than just that they wanted to give you a lot more options to blend to switch um and basically to have a kind of profiling or modeling system using the fishman aura system in your acoustic guitar um this meant that it kind of the acoustasonic borrows a lot of ideas from the taylor uh with the five-way switching with the way that the electric single electric guitar pickup in the case of the acoustasonic works and how that works in collaboration and in conjunction with the acoustic sound there's a lot of other elements about like how to balance the feel of the electric guitar with the sound of um with getting enough resonance and everything out of the body to capture a nice full acoustic sound that was also something that actually um 
the the defender had already actually played with with their design i believe it's called the stratosonic which is a it doesn't have a hybrid system it's just an acoustic guitar um might be electroacoustic but it doesn't have like a hybrid system or any of this fishman aura stuff or an electric guitar pickup uh the stratosonic was like just the idea was that it was an acoustic guitar that played and kind of felt like an electric um ibanez ibanez whatever you want to call them um have a series of guitars that are similar as well thin body uh thin neck it feels and plays a lot like an electric guitar so it's a nice transition to acoustic if you're playing electric um but they design it in all sorts of clever ways to try and give the thin body and generally differently constructed guitar the full rich resonant sound of an acoustic um so Fender played with those, of course, having the design elements of the hybrid. That was an advancement of all of that as well. But focusing on that electronic system, what they did with the Aura was they brought over the idea of uh, the five-way switch from uh, kind of the Tail T5 already had that. And they have what looks like a volume knob and a tone knob on a guitar, but actually it's a volume knob and a blend knob. And on the blend knob, you basically have all the way up and all the way down they call position a and b on the blend knob and if you have it all the way up in position a you will have a profile one of these profiles from using the fishman aura kind of general idea it's not the actual proper aura system it's like a development of the aura system kind of but in collaboration with fishman so you will have one of these profiles uh in a and this is supposed to sound like a certain type of guitar certain type of acoustic classic type of acoustic with basically in its ideal miking setup. So beautiful mics on this amazing acoustic guitar. That's the EQ profile that's applied there. And then when you put the tone up all the way the other way at position B, you have a different acoustic guitar profile essentially being applied there. This happens differently depending on which position you're on on the five-way position switch. And then you've also got the... um, electric guitar pickup coming in and then that also means you can blend on that position between the electric guitar pickup and the acoustic sound profile there uh, and of course because it's on a blend knob rather than just a switch you don't just have to choose one profile over the other you can not only use the five-way switch to change which set- which setup you're getting you can then on each position of the five-way switch blend between the two profiles so that's a development again of this Fishman Aura system. Obviously, the idea of a lot of those developments is really a lot about giving you more switching, giving you more blending, giving you more versatility, more options, giving you a full kind of array of profiling built into the guitar rather than just, you know, um, one increased, uh, enhanced or improved sound rather through profiling. It's using that profiling not just to improve uh, or enhance the tone of your electroacoustic plugged in, it's also to give you way more options kind of a whole array of profiling whilst that was the focus of the acoustic it is still a next development in the step forward of how can we make our amplified acoustic guitar sound better how can we make it sound more like an acoustic in the room or an acoustic recorded with beautiful mics it's another step in solving the problem of the electroacoustic guitar now what's interesting is a lot of these take a vaguely similar kind of approach in one way, whilst the technologies are all different. um, With the hybrid guitars, not necessarily the Aura system in itself, the Aura system in itself is at at the kind of the root 
core of it, the kind of core of it, yeah, let's say that, of looking at a technology, it's really kind of foundational. But a lot of these guitars in which it's being used and in which this is being applied, um, with the Martins, it was basically the straight up acoustic sound for any and every application, but probably most specifically when you hear about them talking about it, um, it's about when you're on stage and you've got to be amplified, having, you know, that better tone coming out of the guitar through the amplified system. There you go, solving that problem. A lot of these other guitars I've mentioned and these other steps, you know, all of these hybrid models, it's really looking at the function of a gigging musician. Doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, playing stadiums or whatever actually a lot of it i think is looking at people in cover bands um people who need that versatility with their bands that they're playing you do pub gigs you do small gigs you do cover bands you do event stuff or you just are doing smaller gigs um having a guitar which can do the electric sounds and the acoustic sounds having a guitar which can do that song which which is between electric sounds and acoustic sounds that's a lot of what it was aiming at and that was obviously something that made a lot of sense because that's where the electroacoustic guitars were being used a lot and that's where they were falling down. If I'm just playing my acoustic at home all the time, do I really need to plug it in at any point? It's when I go out and I feel like I need to gig with an acoustic that it feels like it's not living up to it. That's what the Aura system is doing. But specifically, if I'm going out and I'm gigging not just with acoustic sounds, but with both electric and acoustic sounds in some combination, whether it's more electric or whether it's more acoustic, whatever percentage split you've got there, that's where a lot of these hybrid guitars were, of course, looking at. And so the development of their improved systems to basically solve the problem of the electroacoustic guitar was centered around that. That's where we move on to the high vibe system because the high vibe system, whilst it could, whilst it can also function in that environment and provide a lot of benefits in that environment, the high vibe system through being quite a different system with having quite a different aim um, as well as just solving the electroacoustic problem in a way of potentially offering new solutions to that problem, um, it is not intended as a system for hybrid guitars. It's as a system intended for a pure straight up acoustic guitar, which to be fair, the the uh, the Fishman Aura system, like I said, is more foundational in that way as well. But the Lack High Vibe system is quite different. Um, it is in, intended to be for pure acoustic guitars, and that means it's not aiming, it's not got this focus of the hybrid guitar systems. It's not got this focus on balancing electric uh sounds in there and, and pick up sounds in there as well as trying to improve your amplified acoustic sound because of that um it's offering something very different and because of its approach it's offering something very different um but it also opens up a new set of possibilities for solving the problem of the electroacoustic guitar it's also not really so focused on the gigging musician like i say whilst it can have application there absolutely the high vibe system uh, in the way that it has so far been used is really focused on the home musician, which is really, really interesting. So what is the high vibe system? Well, the high vibe system now has been released as a separate system, which you can install in your guitar. And like I say, it might be coming with uh, deals with shops where they'll, you know, if you buy, you can buy a guitar with the high vibe and they install it. But originally it was released in partnership with lag acoustic guitars lag are a french company um 
build a range of acoustic guitars. I believe they build a higher end range of acoustic guitars in their workshop in France. And then they also do a lot of import guitars for, that are built uh, often in China that are built abroad. And lag acoustic guitars are really good. I've had very good experiences with lag, just really nice acoustic guitars. Lots of guitars in all those competitive price points, lots of acoustics. They also build electrics, but they're be- better known for acoustics. Um, lots of electrics in those in those competitive price points you're looking for electrics and electroacoustics sorry uh, acoustics and electroacoustics for 300 bucks 500 bucks um 400 you know kind of sub 500 and stuff like that um there are sub 700 for slightly more expensive ones those are you know really uh, busy kind of parts of the market for looking at acoustic and electroacoustic guitars and lag have a bunch of offerings there my experience is really positive really well made nice guitars that are nicely specced out and the electroacoustics often have the classic kind of usual fishman ink three or whatever fishman kind of you know classic electroacoustic sounds so you know not the best does the job but nothing inspiring they still fall prey to the electroacoustic problem but the acoustic guitars themselves I've had really good experience with. Now, Lag teamed up with High Vibe and they released a series of guitars that are actually quite a lot more expensive. They're more in the thousand bucks kind of range. And some of them, I think, go up to above uh, 1500 even. Um, These guitars, acoustic guitars that have the High Vibe system in them. And that's where the High Vibe system was introduced to the world. So what is the High Vibe system? Well, instead of having the regular kind of electroacoustic pickups, um... Whilst it looks like an electroacoustic preamp system from the outside, it actually has these actuator pads, they're called. They're these little pads. Um, they're, they they could almost look like the kind of piezo disc kind of things, but they're thicker, they're kind of fatter. Um, and they have these pieces of metal on them which encase them and make them look a lot chunkier. And these actuator pads um, attach to the inside of your guitar. Um And there's also a piezo pickup in the system. And the piezo pickup sends the signal of your guitar playing um, to basically picks that up and takes in the signal. And then basically that is then sent through the actuator pads. And what the system and the actuator pads do is they kind of turn your guitar's top, you know, the resonating top of your guitar. Essentially, they turn that into a speaker. Um, I take that into a speaker. There's these vibrations. Obviously, this is all done in a, you know, yeah, I don't know, fraction of a second or whatever. Um, you know, tiny, 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 tiny fraction of a second. Um, and those vibrations basically are then measured by the system again, um, which they use to kind of like uh, get rid of any feedback and stuff like that. And they put the processing on this and then they run it out through basically using your guitar's top as a speaker. It's not actually a speaker inside your guitar. Some people have kind of mistaken the high vibe guitars for having that. There's not a speaker in your guitar. Um, it basically turns your acoustic guitar into a speaker using the combination of piezo disc and these actuator pads, as they're called. So while the high vibe system does is it amplifies your guitar and adds effects to your guitar without plugging your guitar in so you're sitting there and you're playing this lag high vibe guitar when you've got the electronics switched off it sounds like a normal electro acoustic it sounds like a normal acoustic guitar 
without electronics. You know, it's just it's just as you would expect from any electroacoustic. If it's not got the uh, not got the electronics running, it's just an acoustic guitar, right? Same with the lag high vibe guitars. It's just an acoustic guitar. Now, on a normal electroacoustic, you would then have to plug in your guitar um, and you'd have to run it into something, whether it's direct, whether it's DI, whether it's into an acoustic amplifier, whatever. And then you switch on your inbuilt electronics. You usually have a little built-in EQ in there and uh, you're going to get your amplified classic electroacoustic sound. But when you're sitting and playing the lag high vibe guitars, you don't plug in the guitar. You don't need to plug in the guitar to anything. You don't run it to a DI. You don't run it to an app. You simply switch on the electronics and you will have a louder amplified sound. The louder amplified sound is actually coming out of your guitar's top, out of the sound hole like it normally does, but it's louder. On top of it being louder, you can add effects. You can add delay. You can control all the parameters of the delay. You can have reverb. You can control all the parameters of that. You can even add chorus. You can even add distortion. And again, your guitar is not plugged into anything. This is just coming out of the top, out of the sound hole as it normally does. But this means that you can have a louder guitar sound without needing to plug it in. You can have reverb, delay, chorus, distortion on your guitar. Uh, acoustic guitar sound without having to plug it in and without running it through the traditional electroacoustic system of amplification that you would usually use on top of that there's a whole bunch of other features in there it has a built-in metronome it has a built-in looper um, you can activate the looper without needing any pedal or anything it has like a count in and then you just start playing and it the looper works the looper functions like that without you needing any pedal or anything but there is also bluetooth connectivity you can connect to a bluetooth uh pedal i believe and then with that pedal you can use you can use that as the looper so you can bluetooth connect the high vibe to a little foot switch and you use that foot switch as your looper pedal you can do that you can also turn your acoustic guitar without plugging it in or anything you can use your acoustic guitar as a bluetooth speaker because it has bluetooth um you can just sync up to your phone like you do with any bluetooth speaker or whatever device you're using and you can play music out of your acoustic guitar um so really does kind of basically transform your guitar's top your guitar's basically the resonance of your acoustic guitar resonance system of the acoustic guitar really into a speaker um, you can do all of that, which is very exciting and very cool. Uh, there's also an app you can download and do like uh, deep dive tweaking on the effects and the, and the settings of it, but you don't actually need that. You can actually just uh, use the basic controls that are uh, on the preamp system built into the guitar, and that's it. So obviously this is aimed, you know, whilst it, the amplification, you have to judge for yourself whether it amplifies the guitar enough, the high vibe system to use for any gigging or like open mics or anything certainly not for any any big gigging it will amplify it enough maybe for some smaller things or something like that or competing with a singer who, you know getting in the right kind of space in the mix with a singer who's loud or if they're uh using a microphone but it's not a loud venue it's at a small pub maybe this will be enough if just playing acoustically isn't enough and you don't have a miking up setup and again you don't want to run through di or anything because you don't like the sound of it this is where the high vibe kind of solves 
arguably the electroacoustic problem, but this is the, the idea. It could be applied in those situations, but it's also really just for home use. This is for home use if you want to add reverb to your electroacoustic guitar. This way, you don't need to plug it in. You can be playing your acoustic guitar just as is, no other equipment required, no need for plugging it in, no need for an amp, no need for going direct in somewhere and playing it out of monitors. No, you just press the on button on the top of your acoustic guitar and it transforms it from just acoustic to acoustic with reverb, with delay. So this is aimed at different people to the hybrid guitars. It's aimed at different uses. It's solving different problems and it's adding different features. It's different to a lot of the other things we've looked at. However, the interesting thing about the system is that it still actually goes towards solving the electroacoustic problem. I'll say briefly, in one way, this technology could be developed in a way that um, basically has the same idea of your acoustic gets louder without needing to plug it in and maybe even get those volumes up louder and louder and louder without causing feedback problems so that it could be feasible for gigging. Maybe a development that kind of is an evolution of this technology in the high vibe could be used in the future to offer that kind of solution to the electroacoustic problem. Possibly. I don't know about that, so that's why it's a side note, but it's an interesting thought that this could be part of the next steps in offering an electroacoustic solution that's not just for home or perhaps very small gig usage, but could also work on bigger stages by amplifying the acoustic in at least a certain amount of way. Uh, perhaps beyond a certain amount just becomes completely unfeasible. But I mean, just, you know, going from, I said, like open mic night at a pub there, maybe this technology could advance to provide... Um, just something bigger and bigger and bigger and the, and the technology would need to evolve in certain ways. But, you know, that's an interesting thought to start with. But even just what we have now with the high vibe, you can see that it offers a solution to the electroacoustic problem. If I want to play my acoustic guitar, but I need it to be just a little bit louder for my own uh, kind of pleasure at home, you know, maybe if I play acoustic and I'm singing, and I just feel like, you know, when I sing, I kind of maybe belt out the notes a little bit more. And I feel like my acoustic just sits too too kind of low in there. Maybe I, I strum a bit quietly at some point. or so maybe the finger picking isn't loud enough. The strumming is. And so my solution at the moment, the only one I really have, is just plugging in my electroacoustic guitar. But of course, then we have our problem of it doesn't sound as good, it doesn't have that richness, that fullness. So I'm having to choose between getting the volume, getting my levels, getting all of that right, or my nice tone. The high vibe would solve that problem. And then of course, if ideally I want that little touch of reverb on it because I don't have nice acoustics in my room when I'm playing guitar just for myself or I'm playing guitar jamming with my friend or we're sticking a little mic in the room and just doing recording, Maybe even though I could add reverb afterwards, the sound of the room is so kind of uninspiring and dry when I'm just sitting here playing that my recording doesn't sound how I want it to because I'm not getting into it. I'm not getting the nice tone I want. And a touch of reverb would solve that problem and bringing the volume up would solve that problem. But uh, plugging it into an acoustic amp doesn't sound very good. The high vibe kind of solves that problem. Um, so... As with all of these, whether you actually like the tone, whether you feel like the high vibe is successful or not, um, whether you feel like the lag guitars that the high vibe was introduced in were for you in any way, that's obviously just down to your opinion with it, with any of these guitars, whether you like the Martin guitars with the Fishman Aura system, the Taylor T5s, whether you enjoy the Godin stuff. 
whether you think hybrid guitars are stupid, whether you don't like or do like the Fender Acoustasonics. All of that's by the by. That's all your opinions. Um, your opinions, your opinion. Absolutely, please have your opinion on this. And you know what? My opinion on what's good are these and what isn't. Who cares? Um, what I find interesting and what I find interesting about the high vibe and what I find interesting about the announcement that it's going to be released so that you can put it in any acoustic guitar basically um that you can be installed in acoustics that you can buy it as its own uh system to then install in acoustics or have installed in your acoustic is its place in this story and in this development in terms of the technology that we have access to as guitar players of solving the electroacoustic guitar problem. And this is what I find fascinating is the work of innovative people, whether it's from Fishman, whether it's from Godin, whether it's Taylor, whether it's Martin, whether it's Fender, whether it's High Vibe, whether it's Lag. It's the development of this system to solve this problem. And the interesting parallel with the start of the electric guitar and early electric guitar adopters and players in the 30s and 40s. And this idea that we still have with the acoustic guitar, what we don't necessarily have with electric, um, which went away very quickly of, I just want this pure sound as it is right now, louder. And how incredibly difficult that has actually proven to be with our technology. And it's something that is also personal to me because uh, to go into my personal subjective opinion, not on all these guitars, but on the electroacoustic problem, it's always been a massive annoyance for me. Um, When I first started doing any guitar recording uh, of electric guitar, like I said, that kind of slight parallel that we still have with electric guitar of I have a nice sound coming out of my amp. Why can't I get that on the recording? That was my biggest frustration. That used to annoy me so much. And then watching videos of people where... You know, you've got a couple of different mics in different places and then you double track. So you basically got these four tracks and you're blending in between them and you're panning and then then it sounds like a nice guitar sound. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. I just, I got a nice sound so simply just from plugging into my amp and twiddling a couple of dials. And now to capture that is suddenly this way more complicated process, you know. And, and obviously you learn more solutions and less complicated things as you go on. But when you first start out, the, just the idea that you didn't just put a mic in a, you know, I understood it. you could just put it anywhere, but you just put a mic in front of the amp or you just run a line and it doesn't sound like that with, you know, basic speaker simulation. Why doesn't it just sound like that? That's how it sounds in the room. Is it, Wouldn't the good mic just be the mic that just captures exactly that? Well, you know, that, that mic that captures exactly that, what input device would capture that? The human ear and brain and auditory system is... The thing that captures that, and as we all know, as guitar and, and gear geeks, uh, and and anyone interested in this stuff enough to listen this far in this podcast, uh, with anything, whether you're developing these pickup systems we're talking about today or any element of guitar gear, you change a component and you change multiple components. Um, you change the materials and the components as uh, together, and you've massively altered what the system does, what characteristics it has, and the outcome of using that system. So. Yeah, if you want it to sound like how it sounds in the room to your ear, you need to recreate whatever acoustic properties are happening in the room and make sure that your mic is able to get those. But also you need to put like a human ear basically and brain in front of the mic to basically capture my amp sound of the room on a computer. I would need, instead of a microphone, some new design of a microphone that would be some kind of gory, grotesque or, you know, organic or synthetic recreation of the organic 
recreation of my ear and relevant parts of my brain, possibly not all the parts of the brain to put any preconceptions or biases that are tinging and flavoring that, such as, oh, I love this amp, so I'm predisposed to hear that it sounds good. Or someone told me this amp is warm, so I'm predisposed to hear the auditory signal elements that I relate to warmth in my brain and then reapply those to the sound, which may not actually have had those in terms of the way it was affecting physical space through sound waves. I need to have all of that smushed in a gory, grotesque, bloody pile on the floor in front of my amp. And then I just need to play around with how far I want it. Do I want it one inch in front of the speaker cone? Do I want it right up against the grill? You play around with that, squish it around, get blood all over the place. And basically, I need to have a human ear attached to a brain. I'm not saying I'm going to take it from someone. I'm just saying I need to have a recreation of one, either grow it in a lab synthetically or organically. Sounds sounds ethically questionable at the least as well as impossible but at the end of it it has an xlr that's what i need basically that's why when i just stick a 57 in front of my amp the thing on the computer can still sound really good you can still just put 57 in front of an amp and you go oh that sounds great it doesn't sound like the thing in the room that's why because 57 isn't what my ear canal looks like if they if we pull if we get out a, a kind of a kind of diagram up of the human ear canal and auditory system and it just looks like a 57 then then it would be problem solved um but unfortunately it's not the case so what's going on in my auditory system is very different to what's going on in the microphone and uh you know then i'm obviously getting the microphone's signal putting that into a computer and then it's coming out through another system that's putting the signal out to me and then i'm hearing it through my ears and of course all of that's going to color it very differently to me just hearing it firsthand if you like in the room you know, um, it's kind of like it's been like that with acoustic um, and how they have a t- technological system that captures what you hear in the room is very difficult. However, we don't need to have a big bloody pile of brains and ears on the floor. Obviously, we know that basically just through developing certain systems, we have audio profiling to capture amp sounds and put them in a direct way through a Kemper, etc., etc. Again, whether you think those are really successful now or not, we make huge strides through coming up with different paradigms, coming up with different ways to approach technology, not just developing the same technologies further, but coming up with new technologies, just like Fishman or a system did, instead of just doing the same sort of uh, acoustic amplification system, coming up with something new, coming up with this kind of profiling, audio imaging thing, if you like, um, and basically having this kind of approach and all these different approaches I've talked about here. We know, we know, this is the story that through doing this, you can solve a problem like the electroacoustic problem. Um, we don't need to pull out anyone's brains and ears, luckily, and put them in front of an amp and shove an XLR cable into them. And <laughs> um, you don't need to do that, uh, which is which is good. And you know, if you did that, would that even work anyway? It's still running through cables into this, then turning into digital and turning into this. Would it work anyway? I, I, why am I even contemplating this? Don't do it. It's just it's not a solution. It was just it was just a me- it was just a grotesque exaggerated kind of example to prove my point i was i wasn't supposed to actually start taking the idea seriously like you know i i'm just not sure it's gonna work this whole idea of putting a brain on the floor in front of your hand no one was pitching that apart from you you idiot um so you know we know that we that we can uh actually 
can you know we can be hopeful it's not we don't need to go to this idea of well you know yeah it's impossible you know and be all facetious like I, like i was pretending to be a moment ago and go oh without pulling out my brains and ears and putting them in front of the amp it'll never sound exactly the same there's a point in there which was the point that i made which is if you change all these components it's not going to sound the same and we know that and that's why it's so technologically hard to get these things right but what we have realized is that to get a really good approximation of these sounds so that it does basically sound the same to us we just need to develop new paradigms and new technological paths and we can do that Um, and we can be successful in that not just kind of do vaguely better we can actually be successful and that's the story of solving the electroacoustic guitar problem and seeing the system like the high vibe now not just sold packaged as a guitar but also sold uh as something that can be available for any acoustic guitars out there is you know just another example to me of seeing how this problem is still being worked on how we're still coming up with solutions and how it's going to be really interesting to see going forward how we're going to have more of these solutions um and like I say, for me personally, it's something I'm interested in because I do find it a problem. I get very frustrated. Like I said, I started recording electric guitar. I got frustrated by the fact that putting a mic in front of an amp didn't sound on the computer like how it does in the room. And you got to learn and learn and learn that uh, it's not just hopeless. And um, whilst there is a point to be made that that's because your ear is a different system of of, of capturing the sound than, you know, coming out of the amp straight out of the amp then when it goes through all of these all of these mics and all these other systems uh, and then hitting your ear and the way the mic captures sound is not the way your ear captures sound and all of this stuff whilst there's a very good point in there that highlights how difficult it is production geniuses technology geniuses and innovative geniuses throughout many decades now have produced and come up with all of these ways where you do get your wonderful amazing recognizable great electric guitar tone on record whether it's digital, whether it's recorded analog, you can capture it, you can get it. They've been doing it for decades now. It just takes a little know-how. And um, luckily within that, particularly with electric guitar, we've developed all kinds of ways that we enjoy the character that those technologies and systems add. And with acoustic guitar, that's kind of true with uh, certain mics. But apart from that, we basically want the acoustic to sound how the acoustic sounds. And that's made it even more difficult to try and have an amplified sound of an acoustic, not just a captured recorded one, but an amplified live sound of the acoustic. That's basically just exactly what my acoustic sounds like, but louder. That's the problem with the electroacoustic and uh, the high vibe coming out uh, as its own system reminded me that there's all sorts of cool ways that people are trying to change the way that we amplify the acoustic guitar for you know different purposes for uh, speaking to different needs of different musicians but all of them still have that 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 really important element of solving the electroacoustic guitar problem at their core how can this sound really just like an acoustic not like uh the electroacoustic systems that we're used to so anyway that is my enormously long rant that was sparked by looking at the high vibe that's kind of what i mean by i don't just want to talk about the gear that comes out i want to talk about the stuff that kind of sparks more interest and to me this is part of this whole lineage and story of solving a problem and um, using technology and technological innovation to solve a problem that musicians are still having and that's frustrating and that gets in the way of your inspiration and that gets in the way of making music kind of like how making a hour-long podcast gets in the way of making music i could have i could have done so much by now um i could have you know i could have failed to record an intro riff like 
70 times over by now. Instead, I'm sitting here doing this, successfully making a podcast. I guess it's a trade-off. But (laughs) I could have been in here for this whole hour recording terrible-sounding amplified acoustics (laughs) and then getting frustrated. But that's why it's important. It's not just cool and interesting because of technology, because of innovation, because of what these people do, because we're guitar nerds, because we're guitar geeks. That's all part of what makes this interesting. But it's interesting to me and again, from this very personal side, because this is stuff that gets in the way of inspiration. This is stuff that gets in the way of you playing your gig how you want it. This is stuff that makes the gig less enjoyable when you're playing live. This is stuff that means your band feels like it can't do something live, which maybe it could do. These technological innovations are something that we geek out and nerd on in and of themselves. But the wider context of them is they are solving a problem. And it's not just a tech problem. It's not just a guitar geek problem. This is a I want to make music problem. And um, if something's uninspiring, obviously you're not prevented from making music, but you might feel that you're not able to get to your full potential and, and enjoy making music and, and have the, the love and the passion for making it that you might otherwise if something gets in the way. And whilst little tonal quirks and issues can sound silly and really sometimes kind of are if you're talking about them getting in the way of making music they don't really get in the way something like this where you actually just feel like you can't capture the sound or recreate a sound um, might not get in the way and stop music um, but it might at least be very frustrating and in some cases it actually can not just be frustrating and, and take away some of the joy of making music and the inspiration it can actually Get rid of things, like I said, in small portions entirely. That's not over dramatic. Like I say, you might with your band, whether it's a cover band or you're playing originals, say, yeah, look, we can't do that song live because we can't have you switching between the acoustic and the electric. And, you know, we tried doing it on the electric. Maybe we even tried an electric with a piezo and it just, we can't get the sound. And if we're not happy with it, I'd rather not play a song live than play a crappy version of it that we are not confident in. These are things that really happen, and this is why people buy T5s and A6s and Acoustasonics. That's why they do it. That's why uh, people do it. And for other reasons and having other difficulties, that's why people buy the the lag high-vibe guitars, and that's why people buy the Martin guitars with the Fishman Aura system in them. Um, people buy these who are not guitar geeks at all, who are not ever going to listen to a podcast like this. They don't really care about the tech side of it but what they really care about and what all musicians care about is inspiration is not having problems issues difficulties in the way of what they're doing and to just be inspired and to be able to do the things they want to do as a creator as an artist as a musician as a hobbyist as whoever and that's why i find this story super fascinating plus just make them sound better already <laughs> they don't sound good when they're amplified I'm kidding. They do actually sound better and better and better all the time. But I love seeing this as well because that's my personal side of this is I feel less inspired with the acoustic plugged in. I feel frustrated when I've played acoustic live because it doesn't sound like how I want to sound. It doesn't respond. That makes me feel like my playing's worse. That makes me feel like the performance is worse. That makes me feel like I'm not getting my music across. I'm not expressing myself. I'm not de- I'm not actually performing the music as I want to perform it. It's a techie, geeky thing. But it's also a very personal thing for me. And it's also to do with creativity, the love of music and inspiration. And that is important. So anyway, uh, oh my God, what an epic. The epic story of the problem with the electroacoustic. Um, there we go. You didn't know it was going to be some kind of, I don't know, Stanley Kubrick affair. 
that this was going to be the 2001 of Space Odyssey of guitar podcast episodes, but um, uh, apparently, no, that movie was actually interesting and innovative. <laughs> this is just someone talking over the internet. But I'm going to finish with a suggestion of music because I just went on about how making music is the most important thing and being inspired and creativity is the most important. So after all the gear stuff, suggesting some music that I hope will inspire you guys, that I hope will get you guys playing guitar or just love listening to it and it improves your day. So if you're into jazz guitar, this is for you because it's a jazz guitar album. If you're not into jazz guitar, this is for you because this is a really beautiful album and this will appeal to people who love jazz guitar and it will appeal to people who don't it already does appeal to people across there that's that's part of uh, this album's appeal um uh, i do i do enjoy jazz guitar but um this has an appeal that is much broader than that goes beyond that and and kind of a lot of the reason i enjoy it is not because of the jazz guitar elements necessarily it's just a really beautiful album um and there is still loads of lovely amazing awesome guitar work on there for you to enjoy from the guitar perspective even if it's not uh it's not your cup of tea in any other way but it's fantastic um this album is called the way we are created uh by gabriel vicens i don't know how to pronounce his second name because uh, if you listen to this podcast you know i don't know how to pronounce anything i'm an idiot probably just i I doubt myself so much that at the end of this podcast i don't even know is there a guitar company called fender am i going to look and it's going to be called fonder and i've been saying fender this whole time is there something called a high vibe system it's probably not it's probably called like a ride high system and that's how i read it because i'm literally that stupid but um especially with names i'm just terrible but luckily for you i've linked this album in the description of this podcast so super easy for you to find so go and listen to this album uh the way we are created a beautiful album go and do that go and listen to a bunch of music that inspires you don't listen to a summit on a podcast listen to some nice music get inspired and play a bunch of guitar don't forget also to look after yourselves and look after one another very important very important that's why i say it every time because it's important especially at the moment so go and do that take care of yourselves obviously take care of one another play a ton of guitar and uh you know if i can be bothered talking anymore about it (laughs) i will catch you again tomorrow